0: What's up, ACL Nation? Welcome into another episode of Bagging and Bragging, episode 38 K9 and Miche. Hot at you from the uh, draft table. We had a great time this last weekend in Rock Hill, South Carolina. We had uh, the showcase, we had the draft, we had open number one, singles, doubles, blind draw action, women's, seniors, and I don't even know what else we had. And there's just a seniors, lot of stuff teams. packed in three <laughs> days. And that's before we got to media day, which was a whole nother you know, can of worms in itself. But I think all in all, everything was really, really fun. So we're going to do a little quick recap as far as the showcase goes. We're going to bring on Allison and Chase to discuss um, their stations that they had there. I believe it was play the block and airmail challenges. Myself, I had the push. Misha had the deck around. And uh, before we get into that though, Misha, how you doing?
1: Doing really good. It was uh, definitely a rough travel day yesterday because my flight was at 7 a.m. Eastern, which is 4 a.m. my time, which means I woke up at 1.30 in the morning, my time to get home, but got a nice long night of sleep last night, feeling refreshed, ready to go.
0: Yeah, I was uh, on the opposite end of that. Usually I fly out early and then uh, I decided to book the nonstop flight because if you have the option to go nonstop, then that's the way to go. So we didn't fly out till three o'clock. So we checked out the hotel at 11, decided to go get some breakfast at a nice little diner and uh, kind of talk about that in the bragging segment. I guess we talk about it now if you want. So it was kind of cool because I was going to brag on Corn for his uh, restaurant selections. Like it seems like he's always doing a good job.
1: We can't brag on corn anymore.
0: <laughs> well, I got lots of corn stuff today. We're going to brag on corn. So, so, yeah, I was uh, pretty impressed with this little diner. It wasn't bad. We t- It was kind of weird, though, taking an Uber to like a little diner to get breakfast because we had all our suitcases and everything with us. Did and you just, it- like
1: roll into the breakfast place with all of that?
0: Yeah. And, he, <laughs> and, you know, if you know him, he had like his equipment. He had a suitcase and then he had like another tote. So he had three totes. I had like the extra large suitcase because I. we hey, were those. moving
1: in. <laughs> yeah, we were getting
0: all types of strange looks in the diner, but I mean, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. It wasn't really laid out for people to have luggages and suitcases, so we basically moved chairs out and like tucked our suitcases in the best that we could and made the most of it. But the food was really good. It was like called uh, eggs something. I'll, I'll think of it in a little bit. Egg slide. I don't remember either way really really good food and then what he picked for us the day before that uh that place is pretty good too counter it was
1: called counter Counter. yeah Yeah. it was very good
0: yeah so i'll also kind of piggyback off of that uh counter evening he he said that you got some mad skills in the arcade
1: oh you already knew that
0: yeah i I was (laughs) I was letting it easy on you know you actually had skills, so next time we actually get to yeah, no way!
1: Deal. You cannot tell me that you didn't try to beat me at Mortal Kombat. I just am better and I Corey was trying to beat me at skee ball, but he couldn't. Sorry. Sucks yeah, to suck. ball,
0: you got me a ski ball too, so I guess I'll give you that See, one. I
1: got both you at ski ball. Let's go. Uh I have one sore calf because of the basketball game. I apparently only got off my tippy toes on one foot to make that shot. Uh so I have a right sore calf muscle and that's how pathetic i am that i got sore from playing the basketball game in an arcade <laughs>
0: so yeah. that's well, what i my life. injury before that though you had yeah. the ankle problem or
1: whatever well, my foot it's yeah my it's, it's my left foot that's uh, still hurts still hurts it's been i think what 3 or 4 weeks now um, so i don't know what's going on there if it's ever going to heal so I'm definitely not bragging on my body <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. i will brag on oh, um the layout of the Rookie Showcase, we are going to talk about all the details of it, but I'm bragging on it because um, it was just really cool to get to meet all the rookies and see personalities. I was telling Corey like, hey, we've got some like talkers, like I'm excited for interviews. Like we've got some personalities and some and some fun things happening, uh, obviously talent as well. So the Rookie Showcase to me was a, a game changer, I think going forward, having this and now they know what to expect. So when new rookies come in, obviously if they know anybody, they're gonna be like, hey, here's kind of what to expect and how it's gonna roll. I don't think there'll be as many surprises. Like we were we were all just trying to, you know, figure it out this this season and I think it went really well. Um yeah. we finished on time. Um I think it really highlighted what people are skilled and, and where the holes are and it also helped us connect with these players because most of them, I just didn't even know their names, let alone their faces. So being able to connect all that, uh, I thought it was just really, really cool.
0: Yeah, I wish we could have actually had the captain as one of our guests or something like that to see if they use that data to influence mm. any of their picks. You know what I mean? Because I felt like for me, I do know, I'll brag on myself for a second, Misha, I, I nailed the first round as far as my uh, content it. prediction goes. I had 14 out of 16 picks pretty much correct in the first round. I was the only one that had Frank Verona and Brady Foster going in the first round. They went there. Uh, The only two that I missed on, I believe, were Logan Hall and Pat Sim. And those two were two players that stood out for me in the showcase. So Pat Sim had a good weekend finishing second in seniors. I think we all kind of knew him um, either from seeing him play or because he shined in Myrtle Beach last year for us. Yeah, That's where where he became on our radar. And then at Worlds, he basically backed it up then qualified in the pro division. So if you didn't recognize him from those two, he definitely shined in the showcase, had a great weekend, ended up becoming a first-round pick. The other one was Logan Hall. Logan Hall didn't come on my radar until Worlds. A lot of people were telling me to keep an eye. Hey, he's throwing the K-9 unit wizards. You know, Keep an eye on Logan Hall. And uh, he had a strong showing going through the qualifier and then backed it up again on the showcase. But, yeah, I'll, I'll go right there with you, Mish. I think that the rookie class that's coming in is going to be a positive move in the right direction as far as personalities go. Um, one standout and as far as personalities for me is Juwan Smith. I mean, yeah. it's right. I, I, <laughs> I love his personality. They're just always laughing. And I think it's going to help you with your interviews and stuff, having rookies like this.
1: Absolutely. And that's interesting about Logan Hall, because we were talking about on around the ACL that Trey, Anthony, and I all did not know him prior to that. Um, so, So the fact that you at least heard his name and the fact that someone like shouted him out, like, watch this guy. You're the only one out of all of us. All the rest of us were like, who's this guy? Like, (laughs) where did he come from? How have we not heard of him before? Um, So, I mean, really impressive from Logan. And obviously it paid off. I don't know if Tony and, and Corey from the Cali Slingers knew him prior to the weekend or if that was just based off of his performance at the rookie showcase and his numbers being, I think it was third overall, which we'll get more into detail in just a moment. Uh, But if they didn't know him, then they, they really are going off of numbers. And I don't think that's a bad thing because performing in that level at the showcase was with pressure. Uh, There's a lot of pressure on that.
0: Mm -hmm. Just like
1: there would be in a game.
0: Yeah, I think with the captains watching too, a lot of the captains showed up. Not all of them. I was kind of surprised. Like, this is a valuable time to even map out rounds, you know, six through 10. Even if they're not going to be picked in the first five rounds, you need to fill out a full team. And this was valuable information to go there and get these sleepers. So it it was very beneficial for those that showed up. I think it showed on the draft sheets. And uh, if we do it again next year, highly recommend the captains to show up.
1: I was surprised about that as well. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to bring Allison on because Chase is MIA, but maybe he'll pop on. We don't know, but we'll be back after this. All right, so we... Mentioned we're going to uh, talk about the Rookie Showcase in more detail. I thought it would be cool to bring on people but that would uh, were at other stations because we didn't ever leave our station, so we could only talk about what we saw in front of us. So uh, welcome, Allison, to the show. Hi. Hello. What, in the, go ahead and, what was that?
2: I said same stuff, different day.
1: Yeah, right. Go ahead and tell everybody <laughs> which station uh, you were on.
2: Bernie and I were on the airmail station.
1: Okay, and then what? What did that consist of?
2: So they had to throw eight sets of four from each side of the board, and we gave them one point. We put a bag in front of the hole, so they had something to airmail over. So they got three points for going in the hole if they put it on. We gave we gave them one point for that.
1: Okay, so that's what you had, and then Wally, what did you have?
0: I had the push station. Um... We we both kind of did our stations differently. So I'll, we'll kind of get into it whenever I talk about my station, see if there's like a accidental advantage we gave the later groups before we gave the earlier groups, but my push station, we had a flat block in the level one position, then we turned it to a diamond block in level one, then we lowered it down the board, flat two, diamond two, flat three, diamond three. We eliminated level four because that just got to be too time consuming. Um, and the players had to throw from their arm over the board and their arm on the outside. So both sides, three levels.
1: Yeah. And this is why our station went the quickest because we would deck around. So it was just throw <laughs> turn around. So it went fairly quickly. You would get bottlenecked up some of the other stations, but we still finished on time. So, I mean, I'm happy with how it all went. Um, but we'll start with you, Allison. So who were, who stood out to you or what do you want to talk about in terms of what you saw over on your station?
2: Uh, so definitely Logan Hall that you guys were just talking about. He's in my conference and I had no idea who he was. So really? I was talking. Yeah, I was talking to Jawan and I was like, hey, because I know him from our conference. Also, I was like, who are you playing with this year? And he was like, this guy right here, Logan Hall. I was like, oh, hey, sorry. So he would definitely stood out. Of course, Jawan, more personality than maybe anyone else in the pro division. He's always fun to talk to um Faf, of course he was great um no pat i don't think
1: pat misses there like I, actually i want to go look at the score right now because i like when he plays in tournaments i'm like
2: does he ever miss one uh pj, PJ not did not, not yeah he did really well
1: so pat yes, he- hit 70 out of 96 on the inside and 56 out of 96 on the outside. That's very interesting. That's quite a difference between inside and outside.
0: That's how many emeralds they threw? 96 on each side?
2: Yeah. And then Brian Trader, he did really well.
0: No, that's how many points. So
1: remember, three points. So I I I don't know what that math is. Yeah. Yeah. 12, 97, carry the. I don't, know. <laughs> don't make me do math on the fly. It's <laughs> not going to fly for me.
2: Yeah, we started, our first two that we had were Brayden and Ryan. And so we got going and we finally got to eight rounds and we were supposed to do 12. We were like, this is going to take all day. So we cut it down to eight and everyone else did eight throughout the day.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're going to have to tweak
2: things, right? We're figuring it out. Absolutely. It was a yeah, learning we... process for everybody.
0: We started off with the four rounds, and I'm wondering if that maybe kind of wore down some of these lower. Are these scores lowered at the beginning because they were just getting exhausted? Like some of the players that came up, they're like, "Do I get a down and back?" I'm like, nah, no time for down and backs. You're just going right into it, and it really kind of sucked because like the first station is a level one push. You know, that's that's your first attempt. If I'm going to screw up, I want to screw up on the level three first. But you know <laughs> right. what I mean? Because the level one is oh, right yeah, there. If you're not exact, yeah, if you're not exactly honed in, I'm wondering if that's something that we could have done to kind of help them out. But I also kind of wonder if we even should try and help them out. You know what I mean? Just put it up there. That's how it is. Everybody's got to go through the same process. So yeah. on my side, what I was doing is I had them go level one diamond with their arm over the board, level two flat diamond over the board, level three flat diamond over the board, where Jake was on the other side, he was going level one inside arm, then switch over level one outside arm. Mm. So he was doing level one, level one. I was going one, two, three, one, two, three.
1: Same arm. Yeah, it's our yeah. same side, I mean.
0: Yeah, so I'm wondering if that helped or hurt some of these players by doing that. I don't know. But I do think that um, getting those extra tosses before you go back to that level one position probably helps some of my people in my score. because yeah, Like Frank Verona, he didn't really team. shine. But whenever we took out that round four (laughs) and we took off their (laughs) scores, because that was a whole lot of ones. They were missing (laughs) the push. They were flying off the back. And once we eliminated that round four, it was like, holy crap. Frank Brown actually did really, really well level one through
1: three. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: And how often are you going to try and push a level four? Well, that's, that was
1: kind (laughs) of the conversation. I don't remember who said it, but they're like, this is unrealistic. I would never go for that shot. It's like, well, that's not the point. Like, the point is, do you have the skill? Not would you use it, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like,
2: I think you know, that shot a lot of luck, no matter which way you're looking at it. If you hit it, I think it's more luck than anything.
1: Well, you have like an Eric Davis who absolutely can hit it. You know what I mean? Like he has that skill set. So there. So we're not like trying to penalize you for not hitting it because most people won't. We're just seeing is there an Eric Davis amongst the bunch? Right? Is there that person that can hit that crazy shot that? Nope, that has a super low percentage of success, <laughs> you know, and, and I think maybe the point systems will have to talk about, you know, our percentage, um, like, you know, for example, uh, uh, airmail has a percentage of completion of this rate, but then like a level three block, the chances of six, six of succeeding is this percentage and like our point system kind of following suit in that if that makes sense.
2: And I didn't look at the final scoring sheet, but um, maybe even like level four, this is your score instead of putting it all into one for the station, dividing right. it out between the different ones, which they could have done it like that. I'm not sure.
1: No, it is it is one. It's just inside, it outside. Um, yeah. Actually, push is all one score. You guys were inside, outside is at least the way that I'm looking at it.
2: I'm not even looking at it.
1: Then with the deck around, one of the things that I brought up was that I was noticing that, you know, like a Sammy Soto, a Caden Allen, a Logan Hall, their deck around, they always had a clean board. You know, so they scored one ten and above, but the people who didn't maybe have quite as strong of a score, like a Braden Wilson, was because the, he had to keep collecting. So I highlighted this the cell every time they went for a collect. And he had to go for chasing bags like four times in a deck around. And the other guys had clean boards. So someone like a Jawan Smith really stood out to me because he had, I think, three or four times that he chased bags and he still got a 100, which is a 10, 10 PPR, yeah. right?
0: So he's still right. challenging himself.
1: Well, he didn't keep Even the board that clean. So you could look at it either way, right? Because if you're doing a deck around, you want the board clean. That's the point. You're trying to go in the hole. So that means that any other bag is a miss. So you could say he had a lot of misses, but he was able to clean up his messes. <laughs> so whereas <laughs> the other people, right, like they were having misses and they were not able to clean it all up and it was lowering their score. Uh, so that's kind of the way that I look at it is, you know, a Sammy Soto, a Caden Allen, a Logan Hall. Um, And anyone that had a super high, let me, if I go to the deck around, anybody who had a super high deck around means they had really good accuracy. They were getting most of the bags in. They weren't hitting, they weren't missing right, left, short, long. They were almost always in the hole or right around the hole. Um, Whereas the other people who weren't quite as accurate or consistent, they had to work a little harder to collect those points to get a higher score. Um, So that's kind of some of the things I was looking at in that deck around station.
2: Yeah, definitely notes to keep for next year.
0: Now, did you guys notice any players having trouble with their bag selection?
2: I did mention
1: – I did. So- somebody did mention to the boards were playing really fast for them, um, but most people said they were playing slow.
0: Yeah, I-, I was surprised that we still had some people going in there with a push station, throwing sticky side with really sticky bags. I'm like, yes. Yeah, you know, I
1: didn't adjust.
0: Yeah, yes, you're comfortable, but, like, it took them <laughs> two or three rounds to turn it over and throw slick side only, and I'm like – you had to know it was going to be harder to push through. And for the most part, we, 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 we started off, again, we adjusted as we went through it with them pushing through their own bag. Yeah. And we, we asked them sometimes you want it on sticky side or slick side. How do you want us to set this up? And some people said it doesn't matter. Some people said slick. So if it didn't matter, we just put it back on the board. But you know, there could have been some things that we did differently for more unison, but I was just kind of surprised that people didn't come up there with like a faster set of bags or, Maybe it's a different strategy in general for the push station because it it definitely showed in their scores.
1: You would think they definitely want the bag on the board, slick side down. So the way that the push station was scored, um, the, if the bag in your hand went in, but the bag that was on the board didn't go in, was it no points?
0: It would count as four. So if you missed the board entirely and you threw that bag, 90 feet the bag on the board still counts as one doesn't matter if you touch it, doesn't matter if you push it or nothing still counts as one okay nobody nobody got a zero like nobody tried to push it and knock both bags off the board, but I mean there were a lot of ones, so if the pushes <laughs> went flying off the back and that blocker stayed in place, um you know that they still got a point out of it, but it reflected on the score sheet,
1: okay, so yeah, so that means if they have the bag on the board slick side, they throw their bag. And because it was on slick side, it went over the hole or around the hole or all, something like that. Yeah. They still got the bag-in-hand points, and then if it stayed on the board, it would be an extra point.
0: Yeah, it would be basically a one, two, three, four, or six, basically.
1: Okay. Very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, would, I just don't see any advantage to having it on the stick side then. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know why you'd like that. <laughs> <laughs> I did hear a lot of conversation about like, hey, do you have a such and such bag? I'm about to go to the place, the block station, or I'm about to go to the post station. So like, I think people were trying to coordinate their bags with what they needed to do in that station.
2: And with ours being airmail, they weren't worried about either yeah. any of that. <laughs> they are just trying to throw It didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely
1: didn't matter. Yeah, but really, really cool format. Like you said, a few tweaks here and there. I think overall, we kind of, hit hit it on the nail on the head there in terms of uh scoping out talent um all right cool well sad chase couldn't join us but allison appreciate you joining us (laughs) um we're going to uh say goodbye to allison for now and then we'll take a quick break and come back with some more but thanks so much for joining us
2: thank you guys for having me
0: thank you
1: all right we'll be back right after this So that was pretty cool. Like I said, I wish we would have had Chase. I I like the perspective of the different stations. Like I didn't even know how you guys were scoring yours. So that was interesting to learn about. Um, But the next thing we want to kind of talk about is the draft and and what kind of stood out to us in the draft. Uh, We were on the table. So it's kind of interesting. Like we're obviously involved a lot because we're at the table hosting it. But also I I would like forget. Like it was like it was a blur. Like, wait, so what happened? (laughs) I had to like go back and look.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was jam-packed. I asked Anthony yesterday when we did the ACL Live show, did you know that the picks got changed to one minute?
1: Yes, I did.
0: We didn't know that. Oh,
1: I know. We were... I noticed the clock changed.
0: Yeah, Corey was like, I had to take the clock off there because some of the captains were going off of my clock, and we're like, well, it's supposed to be two minutes. He's like, no, we changed it to one. I was like, well, nobody told us. <laughs> like, yeah. We're just up there thinking, matters. man, everything's flying. You know. I don't
1: think that anybody used the actual full clock, though.
0: Well, no, because they couldn't, because whoever was backstage was on them. They're like, "Hey, you got to get your pick in 60 seconds, or else." And, but I think for the most part, the captains did, captains did do a good job of staying in their time frame, and you know we didn't have any issues like that. But
1: yeah, yeah I, was, yeah, I,
0: I was I was I was kind of like nervous at first, in case you couldn't tell me. So I messed up my opening line. I was so mad. Austin Cameron I'll never forget <laughs> it, man. Because uh, on my script the entire time, every ran through that I did was perfect with Caden Allen, Austin Cameron. Caden Allen, Austin Cameron. And then I started talking when we went live. I said, Austin Cameron first, then I started in my head picturing CACA and I'm like, Cameron. Oh, wait,
1: so in your practice, you said Caden Allen first. then. Yes. then- Oh, that's why you got messed up because your brain had it rehearsed and then you switched it and it went like, (laughs) Like,
0: what
1: What am I saying?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if the camera is even on me anymore after that point because I was kind of frustrated. And then I'm just like, there might be a moment at the beginning where you can see me just just shaking my head. (laughs) <laughs> then I stepped back into it. I think the rest of the time I did pretty decent. But yes, you yeah. did. He did great. It, it was pretty hectic, man. I was uh I was pretty excited though to get into it and actually get going once the pick started flying. I got a little bit more comfortable. But I gotta tip my cap to you and Jeff. You guys are phenomenal. Um, you guys pacing, something to admire. Um <clears throat> Anthony's preparation. I was obviously the weakest link up there on the panel, but that's all true. All, all in all, we have a good squad.
1: No, I think there's no weak link. I think we're all just unique, and I think that it comes together really nicely to have, like, the different dynamics together. Obviously, I keep saying Jeff's the glue that keeps us all together, but, um, you know, without without him, it would not have gone the way that it did. Uh, but I think that we each all bring, you know, a unique flair, and I think yeah. it works, and I, I like the dynamic. I, I, but Jeff is irreplaceable in my mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's got yeah, a hard job. It.
0: it was remarkable. We did our run through and we did our little team presentation. And uh he he did his little speech, his forty-five seconds on the ringers, and he's like, That's how that's done. Little tap tap looker. He's like, you Are you guys are up? We're like, No, he's not <laughs> following that.
1: He's, he's also um aware of his talents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but he went to school for broadcasting right i mean that's not that's said yeah. this is what he's done his whole life you know i i told i looked at you and i said i have media training you know this it's not like this is a random i just woke up and was like i guess i'm good at this or whatever like you know like this is something i have experience in education you know i have um actual training in public speaking media live tv i mean these are things i've cultivated over the years um so so and then you said it. it's confidence, you know, it's, yeah. I'm, I guess, you know, you know, Jeff's obviously confident in his skill because he's been doing it and I have confidence in my skill because I've been doing it. This is totally new to you and you're still killing it. Right. But it's still new. So like, you're not going to have the same confidence that you would if you've been doing it for years.
0: Yeah. I'm actually going to watch it today. I haven't that gone back sense. and watched it yet. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to give a quick shout out to Quinn Reeves and Heather Pierce. Thank you guys for sending me the inbox message and let me know how good I did. So I, I trust you guys. Yay. Thank you very much. It was a good confidence booster. So thank you. But yeah, yeah um, so actually getting into the draft. Like I said, first round kind of pretty much went exactly as expected. We did our mock draft and we had players a little bit higher on our sheet than they actually got drafted. Some of the people that stood out for me, um, Ben Brown, Gabe Dolan, Mark Burgess, Maya cup, some of those players, they went a little bit lower in the draft. Yeah. So it was kind of interesting to see what the captains were actually looking at compared to our sheet, so and I felt like last year you guys were able to sway the captains of the tables a little bit more as far as picking players this year, man they weren't biting on us they just
1: i I don't think we were on the p a system last year either, were we?
0: No, but they all had their phones out on their table. They were listening to, you know. Yeah, did.
1: that's. I, yeah, I knew that. I know they were, but I'm just saying, like, you would think it would even weigh in more because we're over the whole room, like mm-hmm. loudspeaker, with everything we're saying. Like it's, you know, afterwards, Corey from the Cali Sligo, just like I was like, if you say Michael Nunez one more time, I swear I'm gonna kill this girl because I kept saying, like, you know, a really good pickup. He wasn't here at the rookie showcase, but he's a yeah. Cali guy, and he's. So- Super good. And Corey's like, shut up. <laughs> Stop saying that. Someone's going to grab them before us. Yeah. You know, because everybody could
0: hear us. Yeah, there's, uh I think, a little bit more of a demand. We did it last year with the player interviews at the tables and stuff like that. So full disclosure, we had a game plan. We were going to do a lot more interviews. We actually had some graphics that we wanted to use to show how the whole team looked. I know mm-hmm. Jeff went through the spreadsheet and described who's on what team. Corey had some awesome graphics that we wanted to use. And within the first two picks, they got destroyed right away. The
1: graphics went down. <laughs>
0: the, I mean, the the amount of trades, because he basically had every pick on the left hand side, like on the graphic. So the, the graphics we showed yesterday on ACL Live, they have the player's name in the picture. And then there's yeah. like a place to enter new ones. Well, whenever people started getting traded, those graphics on the left-hand side were gone. They were they were garbage. could not use those anymore. And then who knows how many picks were over on the other side because one team had like nine picks before everybody else had their six. So, yeah, so we couldn't use like, those graphics.
1: We needed a full-time graphic person that was just updating graphics because there's no way Corey could do that with the other things he was managing. It was impossible.
0: Yeah, I think that's a job we could have gave Keck because um, he was actually the one entering in the names. And he yeah, actually had no all the trades right there.
1: No reason to duplicate the work. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I think we're going forward, we'll do that, and then definitely with the interview stations, we want to make sure we get more interviews next season. But I mean, all in all, I think it just didn't feel like there was up.
1: time, to be honest. Yeah, you know and I mean? think that's
0: another thing with getting pushed back too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But even yeah. And still, I just mean like within the draft, there was constantly something. There was no dead time. Like I feel like last season when we did it. Like it was almost like thing, there was like these moments where it's like, I guess we'll go to Anthony and the board, or I guess we'll go try to grab an interview. Like it felt like there was more lulls where we could kind of fill in some content, but this felt like go, 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 go. I don't know if it's because of like the four hosts, or I don't know why, but it just felt like there was never any downtime.
0: I think one thing is we went from two minutes to one minute. So that was huge. It takes away half the time right there. The other thing is we only did five rounds instead of all the rounds that we did last year.
1: True. Okay. Yeah. As a big picture,
0: it felt like we had a lot more time to do stuff like that. And we also kind of skipped picks last year. So if we came back from a commercial break, we would, okay, we're coming back. We're going to have Michelle go to this table to do this interview. And you went back there, you did your interview. And then when we came back to the desk, we did a recap of the picks that we missed. Yeah, we didn't really do that this year. We pretty much stayed right on top of it for every single pick, so
1: yeah, because we knew it was only five rounds. That's a valid point. Yeah, I do think that I think you mentioned it before. It'd be cool if we could, you know, record or, or have this, the rookie showcase streams so people could watch it. Um, I don't know how to make that entertaining, like, I guess it'd almost have to be like a host. <laughs> That's I don't but really I was, know. To,
0: like, I was, you kind know, of Jeff about was available. This. We had, yeah, we had, um a talk at the bar last like after the draft and we all finally kind of took a second to breathe. And we're like, okay, if we do this multiple camera setup, you know how we do the nationals and you got four different courts you can select. We could have each different station selected up there, give like a printout schedule of who's going where at what time, and then let people just choose what they want to watch or not watch stuff like that. Um, But yeah, I think definitely some type of host.
1: But, but But if it was silent, that'd be so awkward. Like you almost need someone that's like talking to you
0: yeah but at the same time, the captains who didn't show up, they could have watched it from home if they had a certain player they were interested in want to do some research yeah. on they could have True. gone back and they could have gone back and watched it after it was over and yeah. then you know, let's say that so and so's hubby was playing. she could have went in there and watched him play yeah. and focus on that they don't they don't need us talking over it like what are we gonna what are we gonna say anyway? That was a good a that went in. Well, he missed that airmail. That airmail went in. Like, yeah, no, really I not too much to talk I about.
1: Agree. I just feel like when you put out like content, if it's just like I know sometimes with the live streaming courts, like for example, if you have to walk away for a second and the game's just going, it's like if you're at home watching it, like you're, yeah, it's just quiet. I don't know how long you're gonna stick around, even if it's entertaining. It's entertaining watching good games, but when it's just quiet, it's like this awkward thing yeah, yeah. it
0: would probably there, have like... to be Corey because cory is the type of person that can multitask update a spreadsheet get us a graphic that looks really cool of like a leaderboard and then kind of inform people that way so i mean
1: yeah be, and jeff through. jeff wasn't jeff wasn't on a yeah. station he was just there right like jeff could easily be kind of like hosting in a way and then you could put Corey on production and put someone else at the deck around table like i think we could have you know, definitely done something cohesive like this for net, like maybe next year. Cause I think that'd be cool to, and, and, and if there was any way to kind of similarly, you could have the draft still going in a very like moderate way for the rest of the rounds. Like it's not a full production, but it's just kind of there if you wanted because I feel yeah. like with the NFL, we were,
0: we were worried about his beauty sleep because we didn't work. She's going to be. No, to I know. Lose.
1: he. Yeah. <laughs> we were all spent. No, I totally agree. Um, And and I think we'll look in that to that next season for sure. But, you know, I feel like with the NFL, like when the draft starts, it's like this whole thing. And then like, as the rounds do like as the days go on, I feel like it's, it's just kind of background stuff. Like people aren't necessarily there, it's on, but they're not like fully attentive on it. Yep. So I think it could work similarly. And by the way, it doesn't have to all be in one day.
0: No. Yeah. I think, uh, I think combining it on a day that we did a tournament was rough. I'll talk about that a yes. little bit later. Yes. Um, you
1: know, <laughs> Agreed. We'll
0: spoil nothing, but yeah, <laughs> it, it was definitely rough for me. I think Friday ended up being a 17-hour day for me.
1: So long.
0: Saturday was a 14-hour day. And then there was no stream on Sunday. We weren't scheduled to do a stream. We were doing inventory, and that drug out longer than we thought. Yeah, end up turning into like another 12 hour day. So it was a very long weekend.
1: For sure. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and like on media day, I did the morning block of interviews and I was thinking, and I went back to the hotel room and I had every intention to go back. And I was so spent that I was like, I'm technically not on the calendar. Like I got, I, I'm, done. I'm done. I've got to tap out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's take a quick break and watch highlights uh, right after this. Been a while, but we have highlights. Thank you, open number one. We're going to go through singles right now, and then we'll have doubles next week, Wally.
0: Yeah, we should have doubles next week. It's on the uh, TriCaster, which is back at HQ. I appreciate Jake Brandon filling in and giving you guys some great commentary um, for the doubles action while we were all getting ready for the draft, so shout out to Jake. Hey, Jake. Um, I did forget to train him, though, on how to record the replays at the end of the video, so that way I can go back in and find them easily. Um, and then I went in and recorded them to the hard drive, so I would have it um, but then the file became corrupt so oh of course couldn't I couldn't get it um, but yeah, Why? I have no idea what we have on these highlights we 're just going to kind of watch them on the fly because, as I mentioned, I have a late at a late flight, so flying out at three o'clock as opposed to flying out at eight o'clock you don't realize how valuable your hours are until you don't have them.
1: Until they're gone, and uh, we'll either throw, we'll either show doubles next week, the week after. I'll be in Cabo (laughs) next week, so I won't be around. Um, so we're figuring that out, but we'll get doubles to you next. But all right, let's get them up there, Wally.
0: All righty, um, let's let's go ahead and I think we started with women's. Um, (laughs) so close,
1: that's painful. Poor Sam,
0: yeah. So I think we're starting off the same way that we did last time. Sam and Cheyenne, two strong women contenders right off the bat um yeah so basically juniors women's and seniors kind of went by the script right these ladies put on an airmail show that was only two i believe at that time they hit five in a row as you can see cheyenne was not afraid to throw her airmail i talked to jeremy frazier about uh how they played doubles i believe they made it to the finals in their bracket and he said cheyenne is just ridiculous with her airmail right now so i don't know if that's something we're gonna see Um, I'm pretty sure there's some awkward knuckles if it's Damon Dennis there. Yep. There it is. (laughs) I I
1: had no idea that that was happening. (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
0: So uh, again, Pat Sim, not afraid to throw the air mails, Damon Dennis right there with them. But yeah, good, good showing for the basically expected people to win. Jacob Gore took down the juniors division. Cheyenne took down women's and Damon Dennis took down seniors.
1: Yeah, no shocking things there. Well, actually, no shock, except for, I guess, Alan Rawls, which we shouldn't say is shocking. It's a weird conundrum. I don't know how to
0: explain it. Okay, good. I did get all these Tony Smith rolls because these were ridiculous. He was basically coin slotting 2.0, 3.0 again. Um, I do want to give a shout-out to Philip Lopez Jr. throwing the Titan bags. He looked like he was locked in with those things. So I'm looking forward to seeing a strong version of Philip. Look at that one.
1: Oh, Jesus, Tony. Nothing (laughs) there. He's he
0: crazy. Like and what? He's and he's collecting at the same time.
1: It's mind blowing.
0: Yep. Got my guy out here, Rye Guy, Ryan Trader, rocking the K9 jersey, throwing very, very well. very well. Ended up taking down a bracket, Um lost very <laughs> unfortunate. I mean, how close can you get? I know. Taking down a bracket, lost to Ryan Wiedenfeld. So proud of those two guys. But I'm excited, cool. Mish, man. The season has started, and pretty much everything I was looking forward to watching happened.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's strong.
0: Five bags in one shot there from Gavin.
1: They're they're the pros are putting on a show.
0: Yeah, and I was going back through. You know how I usually go through and I watch all the matchups, and then I put down who's playing against who, and then on the ACL digital network I title it with or in the description with those players. Right. There's some awkward knuckles for us again before the match starts. Um, But yeah, so I was basically going through it and I was like, man, I want to watch this match. I want to watch this match. I want to watch this one. There's there too so many, many ones. good ones. Yeah. There's so many good ones in the losers bracket. I believe at one point on our live feed, we showed Kayla Batson taking on Mark Richards in the losers bracket. And we're like, you know, there's just so much this season.
1: Just I want right. to say
0: like three years ago, we had 256 pros. I'd probably say 180 of them deserve to be pro. You know what I mean? Like some of them yeah, either, yeah qualified via points or some other conference standings or stuff like that I was kind of given aiden phenomenal weekend for aiden also aiden
1: did phenomenal yeah he, he he's a standout for sure
0: yeah big was a big perm or little perm what they call
1: him? i don't know which perm but it's a perm yeah <laughs> i mean i don't think he has a perm actually but that's the name on his shirt yeah pretty sure it's his natural hair but uh yeah. who knows
0: yeah hunter thorns air mills were on point r.i.p to his ankle though not sure if you saw that
1: i did what's that's yeah. crazy He's got, he's got, Ambuline, he got
0: to play on crutches? Yeah, that or the scooter.
1: That's going to be interesting.
0: Yeah, but... um, Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty exciting. So right now, I think out of the 250 pros that we have, I would probably say 225 of them deserve to be there. So the talent level has increased significantly.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, that's a great shot by Wiedenfeld.
0: I expect big things. I think I heard um, Anthony or somebody talking about Wiedenfeld. I'm like, man, he is... He seems to be locked in right now. His pushes. He he lives for moments like these, where he can just go low into the pile and get the bar So Just didn't get lucky enough right there on that one to drip back in.
1: Not believe they didn't fall.
0: Yeah, I want to give a shout out I to Rule. Phenomenal showing for him this weekend. He yeah, off hot at the national in Corpus Christi last season. Kind of fell off a little bit at the end, but if uh, this is what we get from Justin Rule rocking the AAR jersey in the AAR bags full time this year. Um, I, i'm excited for it
1: Man. that's nasty <laughs>
0: so good.
1: Oh, here he is the winner
0: you can't see it from this angle folks but alan rawls bag is starting to get flatter and that's kind of scary because we we uh thought the advantage was the saw blade he couldn't do so many things but if his airmail is that accurate and his bag is flat uh, alan rawls is gonna be dangerous i expect I to see like- him in your guys top 10
1: Alex Rawls, his brother, said if the bag is flat, then it's not a good thing. Like it needs to be in that sort of, you know, what do they call it? Saw blade type of. No,
0: nah, he's action. fixed it though. He is he's accurate. I think his stats showed every match was over a nine plus PPR. So this was a this was a great battle between these two. The highlight after highlight went two games <laughs> <They're laughs> in the opera score keeping.
1: <laughs> oh, they love that turn.
0: What would you say it was? You got
1: to put it in some Backstreet Boys music or something.
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But, man, Kyle Malone and Ryan Trader put on a show. Both matches going down to the wire. Ultimately, Ryan Trader able to pull it off. This was a nice little sequence here. These are three replays back to back to back where airmail collects are just easy for these two. And there's not even that much hole there.
1: No.
0: And then Ryan goes short to collect this one, able to get all of it to go, plus four, nicely done.
1: These kids, I'm telling you. Oh, beautiful bar soap. soap.
0: So many bar soaps.
1: Bar soaps, like the new, I don't know, roll.
0: It's a new roll, I I guess. Yeah,
1: it's often. They're just hitting it like with an accuracy. The, the, Accuracy of it is so good. That's the word I couldn't think of earlier when I was trying to come up with the different percentages. So, like, what is this word I can't think of? Accuracy. That
2: was coin esque
1: Yeah. Oh my goodness, just sticks in the back of the hole.
0: And no no worries. Ryan will clean up all yeah, five I'll clean it up. I got you. How many shots in just this little replay segment that we have have we seen? Look at that. It's nasty. The little logo in the upper right-hand corner makes it look like it went off the back. But uh, how many times have we seen them push in five bags on these replays? Yeah,
1: like it's just no big deal.
0: Yeah, and then here's the... I had to go back in and grab this one because we got a bar of soap. And then Wienfeld's next attack was going for the and one. And he came real close to hitting it.
1: Oh, (laughs) taps it.
0: So I was like, oh man, he almost got that and one. And then the very next round dude i'll get this
1: one no worries
0: (laughs) that's amazing
1: oh good stuff there everybody all right one more break we'll come back with our game right after this all right wally it's time for the top floor bagger and four bagger of the week what you got for your four bagger
0: uh, top four bagger. I think I'm probably gonna steal yours. We didn't uh, get together and figure out who's got this, but my top four bagger is amazing job by everybody on the drafts. Oh um, yeah. Did you go a different direction?
1: Oh yeah, I went different direction.
0: All right, cool. Then we're not we're not uh, piggybacking, but yeah. Shout out to Corey, Chase, Jeff, Anthony, Meesh. You guys all killed it. Everything was amazing. Um, I think that the segments that we had just were home runs. I think uh, the graphics and transitions and everything went really really cool. It was a good experience for me to get some TV time. And I think everyone behind the scenes, um, even to Stephanie for the, I can never say is a charcuterie board? Charcuterie. Charcuterie board. That was amazing. All the players love that. And I think it's just overall good setup. And the crowd. Thank you very much for the crowd for showing up. Otherwise, it would have been kind of lame.
1: Showing up and staying too.
0: Yep. yep. Like
1: you guys are Awesome. Um, my four-bagger was the Virginia Cutters getting the first two picks and grabbing Jake Gore and Sammy Soto. <laughs> That's a pretty good one-two punch right there. I think that that is a great way to set up your team for success, so I really like them getting those first two picks to get a better chance of, uh, of competing this season.
0: Well, see, I like the All two right. picks. I think those are two of the strongest people they could have gotten. I'm just wondering if they could have gotten more of a return on their investment by trading away both the first and the second pick. To getting more of a full squad. You know what I mean? If they could have filled out, like, like the Las Vegas High Rollers, they trade away their early picks and they filled out an entire roster. I'm wondering what the Cutters could have done yeah. with the first and second. But overall, yes, great picks.
1: So the floor bagger, what you got?
0: Floor bagger for me was a schedule. It's too much. <laughs> uh, we're going to have to eliminate blind draw, like cut the blind draw out, move singles back to Sunday, um, do the showcase and the draft at the same time maybe even do rounders for doubles uh, Friday night and then doubles Saturday morning or something. I don't know. It was just way too much. Yeah,
1: we'll fix it.
0: Yeah, I didn't have time to set up the pipe and drape. And then whenever I asked for help, the people I asked, they said, yeah, we'll be there. They forgot. And then the next time it became in my memory or my forefront of my mind is whenever you're like, how come there's no pipe and drape? It looks terrible. This is garbage. Or Whatever
1: (laughs) sore spot. All right. My floor bagger was sleeping on the ladies in the draft. I mean, there's, there's really good, strong, competitive women and they go really late in the draft and I don't understand to me, it doesn't make any sense. Um, They, they should be, they should be a hotter commodity. Um, But yeah, happened last season too. So
0: it's always going to happen. I think one main reason that it does happen is whenever you look at Partners and you're trying to get like pro partners lined up with each other, the ladies pretty much stick with the ladies. So if you don't have one, it's hard for you to get another one. Now there's a lot more mixing of co-ed teams um this season. So hopefully that does change going forward. But I could definitely understand where it's kind of a question mark. Obviously, whenever the ladies are playing, um it's a Friday early. Most of these other captains and players and stuff like that aren't here yet at that point. So, I mean, I can definitely understand how they get overlooked, but yes, we definitely need to stop sleeping on them.
1: But I mean, like if you look at their stats, like there's so many that throw over a 10. So it's like, what are we doing? Yeah. Anyways. All right. Send it or board it.
0: All right. So this might not go with the spirit of send it or board it, but um, it cute. is, uh, you know how I roll with this. Mies. This is the hardest one for me, <laughs> um, but I want to know if you're going to send it or board it for each of the seasons, because for me, I love the fall. I hate any time the weather changes, though. My allergies go crazy. I'm sending it for the fall, boarding it for the winter, boarding it for the spring, sending it for the summer.
1: Sending it for the fall, sending it for the winter, sending it for spring, boarding it for summer. Get out of here, summer. I want nothing to do with you.
0: Yeah, you could tell which uh, region of the country we're in based off of those selections. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, Okay, send it or board it. If you notice something that you don't like, Wally, like maybe a rule break, do you post it on, on Addicted to Cornhole and complain? Send it or board it. <laughs> is that how you deal with it?
0: Um, If you get paid for post reactions, I guess you send it. because <laughs> I mean, the, the Jackson Gore handled it very well if this is the one you're talking about. <laughs> So, yes, uh, to give people an idea, stepping over the line, that's one thing I was going to ask Allison, is if you notice the violations happening during the showcase. I was keeping a close eye on it. One person in particular was Ryan Trader. Last year, stepped over the line pretty much every single time. This year, making a conscious effort to keep one foot down. That being said, there's going to be plenty of moments where it happens, and it doesn't affect the game at all. So whenever Jackson Gore did it, stepping over the line, didn't affect the game at all, that's the picture that gets posted on Facebook. You're not doing it to... Draw attention to the rule, and the way you worded the questions kind of douche s. So yes, I'm boarding it this with their post.
1: <laughs> okay, would you rather?
0: All right, would you rather? Okay, so since there has been some conspiracy and posts about some players not giving it, they're all on teams and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I would go mm-hmm. ahead and ask you what you would prefer as far as format goes. So would you rather play a round limited format with a team environment? Or would you just rather stick only to uh 21 and done and just not play teams period?
1: No, I think it's, I think the, the more dynamics and differences and things, the more you grow and, and have fun. It's different strategies. It's, it's different dynamics. I think it's all good. I think change is good. I welcome it.
0: Yeah. I'm the same. I like to take it. I like to play them all. I want to have some fun and experience yeah. different things.
1: Totally. Uh, my, would you rather? Would you rather get the first two picks in the draft or have a top thirty player from last season?
0: Hmm. Uh, there, I'm going for the two for one. So if you're only giving me one top thirty from last season, I mean, because in this particular situation, they got a top was it five or top ten, whatever Jake Gore was. Yeah, but and so,
1: but wasn't that how the trade went? Didn't they trade their that pick for? So, you, so, sorry, let me word it differently. You already have a pick. So you're just trading a pick for a top 30 player. Like, not yeah. you're not trading two for one. You already had one.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would probably...
1: So you're getting a... So you can either choose from getting a second first round pick or a top 30 player from last season. That's what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, I'd probably go ahead and keep the top 30 based on how the team was laid out because... was it? Five rounds at 16. That's 80 players already gone. So you're... Your first pick has got to be better than the top 80, which obviously it was with these particular situations. But it doesn't always work out that way. I would rather have the talent from last year that I saw how they get to execute.
1: Yeah, that's fair. All right, that's it. We got through it. So uh, we appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, We're still figuring out next week, but we'll keep you posted, and uh, we'll talk to you as soon as we can. Thanks, guys.